Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. All righty, let's do this. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right, yeah, I know. Hello, everyone from Dumpty Dum, uh, especially Bernie Mag. Uh, just wanted to say that we are continuing the tradition of basically Titian going around the globe, meeting fellow Dumpty Dummers, and one, having a couple, two, recording <laughs> a Dumpty Dum. So we are uh, at the Resting Hare, which is just near Euston Station. It's Di Middleton here. Um, imaginatively called Di Middleton underscore QC <laughs> on Twitter. That's exciting, isn't it? And obviously Titian. Uh, hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to do Dumpty Dum. Why not? Why wouldn't we? We had a little, what, I think we call it, what would you call it? A mini meetup? Mini meetup. I mean, no, meet 50 up. people here, just like they're wearing oh, Madrid. Oh, yeah, sorry. They're yeah. a massive meetup. <laughs> yeah, sorry, massive meetup. Uh, we've left their meeting canapes and champagne uh, while we slip out and do a quick Dumpty Dum. Okay, we're going for it. Ready? Two. Two. Are you the sheep or am I? Oh, I've heard that two or three times. It's too well done, ladies, because this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality donkey drama that is under the Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the slinky lingerie that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the massive pair of grain undercrackers that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the radiator covered in steaming pants, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum was, of course, from <laughs> Di Middleton, an artisan outside hey. the Eastern Station. <laughs> now, Lucy, if mm-hmm. any of our other callers would like to gather outside of um, a place where transport meets maybe, uh, and we can hear the onrush of ve- vehicular travel and send us in a dumpty dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, call us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cod. Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to do the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek Glow in the back bedroom. As you've probably heard, Derek is planning his anniversary due at the Bull at the moment. Uh, he's debating the buffet question. Uh, he reckons he'll go for a stand-up finger. Hey. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't I wasn't looking at the script there, so that, that was a genuine <laughs> laugh on my part. Um, well done. Well done, Mrs. On this week's episode... Right, we don't have as many calls as last week, Lucy. And I, for one, right, that, this is going to sound bad, 
but I'm happy. Are you? Because, yeah, it took forever to, epi- to, episode, to edit last week's episode. To be fair, though, absolutely bugger all happened this week. Hmm. Well, we had lots of feedback this week. Well, see, we, you did, because your awesome chat, um, disclosure, insight into the world of depression, uh, just connected with so many listeners, didn't it? It really did. And thank you so much for, uh, uh, for, for all the nice comments that uh, people um, made and for just getting in touch. It was lovely. And um, um, yes, I, uh, uh, yeah, we all just need to talk more about it. And you are all doing that. And that's brilliant. We all need to do it all the time. Bore everybody rigid. That's what we have to do. <laughs> but no, um, I know you're, you're slightly underplaying things, but it, you know it's a, it was insightful for me and it was insightful for other people who um, don't suffer from depression or maybe they know somebody that has. But um, and I did kind of slightly mention it last week, but that's the the wonderful thing about uh, being part of this community around this drama that we all see ourselves reflected at some point in in the characters and that allows us uh you know somewhat um somewhat kind of deep reflection and and then we can all kind of connect with each other and and kind of share that and you're definitely a conduit for that so i say well done to you missus right thank you very much and and long may you continue to be lucy freeman lucy Well, I wasn't planning on not being me at any point, really. So, you know, I've come this far. I think I might as well just carry on, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Well done, you. Now, on this week's episode, folks, we have views from New York, Nigel, Paul, Sarah, Marion, and I'm going to say our Claire, but no, I'm taking Claire for myself now because we do Matt Corner. My Claire, (laughs) right, my other podcasting wife. But first, before the calls. Before reflections on the week in Ambridge, it's our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. Everyone was a little bit grumpy and irritable this week in Ambridge. Clary asked Alan, who'd suddenly remembered he was a vicar and there was a church where his parishioners had been patiently waiting for him for the past five months, how she could cheer up William. Alan should have said... I'm a vicar, not a bloody mind reader. The man's barking mad. You need to be a combination of Sigmund Freud and Darren Brown to figure out what's going on in this pheasant-addled brain. But being no use at all, he said, well, Clary, I'm sure you'll find a way or something equally as unhelpful. He was already in a strop Mm -hmm. as he'd said they'd run out of things to give up for Lent. Oh, Alan, don't be defeatist. There's loads of stuff to give up. Saying, I'll see myself out. Families where three people have entirely different (laughs) accents. Driving round to see someone rather than just texting them. 17-year-old boys who sound older than their fathers. Or only talking about the weather when it's entirely different to what the rest of the country is experiencing. Get a grit, man. Give up Lent. How about that? But... In honour of the dear departed, lest we forget, they are going to raise money for the hospital by holding the Nick Grundy Rally Cross Challenge, where you have to slalom around country roads in the dark, avoiding unexpected Costa Rican racecourse owners holding briefcases of money. 10 points for every one you knock over, 20 if you reverse over him. You lose five points if you get out to check if he's okay. The winner gets sepsis. Poor old Elizabeth. (laughs) You can't say that. Just have... Again, poor old Elizabeth. She's dealing with untapped grief, a failing business, depression, and now Russ and his five-gear kettle. 
Things did not quite seem to be going to plan on the romantic front. It was a little things that gave it away with Russ and Lily. Very subtle. Lily calling him a pimp. Lily saying to her mother, my God, you were right. The man's a 24 carat pillock. Oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? And then trying to back over him in the car. Little things. She does seem to have come to her senses, but she did announce that by sorting out his divorce, he would save a few quid. Lily, most of the divorced men I know were lucky to emerge with their knackers, to be honest, which is ironic as it was knacker misuse that caused the divorce in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) To cope with her depression, Elizabeth is being frog-marched constantly around the grounds of Lower Loxley. She is occasionally allowed to stop in the orangery for a coffee, but only if she tells each customer separately that she has depression. Thank goodness Jill has now been told about the depression. Was it me, she said? Was it the hooting? She then displayed Jennifer Aldridge-like abilities at making a misjudged comparison. You having a husband who took a runner off the roof and then having one child in a horrible relationship and one in prison was a bit like me when the au pair left, she said. Was it really, said Elizabeth, stabbing her in the eye with a plastic butter knife from the orangery. (laughs) Poor old Mia, who I picture in a cream linen smock and apron with work reddened hands and carrying a basket of reeds, is feeling a bit overwhelmed. She appears to be the sole carer of her sister, who is referred to by William and Mia as Parpy. I'm taking that as a reference to a flatulence (laughs) problem, which thankfully we've not heard yet. Clary accused Mia of fancying Rory, which made her furious. But what could be more Thomas Hardy than the poor girl fancying the village squire's by-blow? Not that Clary was much help practically either. Where does your frozen vegetables go? Asked Clary. In the dishwasher, where'd you think? Yelled Maya. Things were still so bananas at Bridge Farm, I can't even write about it. The whole week was summed up by Tom saying, there are advantages to not being tied to a cow's tail. Now I need to apologise for last week. I made a joke that involved a great error of judgment for which I apologise. It was about the man that delivers the sanitary products to the bull. I referred to him as Tampax Lays. My error was, of course, that it was Tampax Des. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, appropriately enough, Tampax Des pulled out. The poor son. <laughs> you know you're going to have to keep this up every week now, don't you? <laughs> See what I did there. Anyway. <laughs> sods at the bull who having dodged tampax days thought they could have a drink in peace instead got jolene hauling herself onto her barstool to give us her collection of twee country under her other stage name of tammy winciette she did all the usual repertoire <laughs> i'm married to a boy that won't grow up it's me or the megaphone and where did you go to beverly drains <laughs> sorry it's just the name beverly drains it makes me laugh every time she bought the house down well actually she nearly bought the ceiling down but it's a fine line and finally jill spilled the tea about leonard to peggy She witted on about him being tall and having a lovely voice, like Daniel O'Donnell on stilts. But I got the distinct impression Peggy wanted vital statistics and, if possible, video footage. Jill said she didn't know what Peggy was getting at, but Leonard knew a lot about architecture, so their relationship was built on firm foundations. It's not the foundations you've got to worry about, it's whether or not he can get his RSJ up, said Peggy darkly. The end! (laughs) Oh, I love a monologue with an architectural gag. Well done, you. (laughs) Architecture and Tampax. That sums up the show, chaps. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right then, Arloose. Last week. um, Nothing Well, (laughs) we got more of an insight into the relationship, which is heading for the buffers quick time between our Liz and Russ. Lily and Russ, yes. Oh, that's what I meant. I meant Lily. Yeah. And... What an awful 
shitbag that man is, right? Yes. Now, I, you know, as somebody who likes to follow their passions, right, um, even I could see through the fact that, you know, so he's up there in Manchester and he's living off of, off Lily. Yeah. But then to come back and say, <laughs> why don't you go cap in hand <laughs> yeah, know, to members of your family? I just yeah. said, man, do you have no shame? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, dreadful, she's dreadful how old? Man. 19? And he's what? Yeah. I just, no. Yeah. no, 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 no. It'd be one thing if he came from reduced circumstances and he was the same age and he just didn't know how life worked, that you yeah. can, you know, how to operate in life, shall we say, and that you can actually go out and, and, and get work and stuff. Or maybe he had some problem. And you say, okay, it's bad, but, oh. But you know what? I need this relationship to continue because I love, I love it. You know, it's dreadful, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but doesn't it make for great listening? And the I just can't tension. wait, though, for the, for the when mm. she says, just get out. That's going to be lovely. It's, it was I, like, like waiting for, well, no, it wasn't. I was going to say it was like Helen waiting. It was like waiting for uh, Helen to get rid of Rob, but that never happened, really. Um, it was, yeah, it, it, it's just, you want that yes moment when she says, mm. just fuck off, you know. They sound like a couple that have been together for 20, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. That's what they sound yeah. like. Yeah. And, and and in that regard, and yes, uh, Lily is old. Oh, look at, listen to the birds. This is lovely, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the I've got the, the doors open because it's so warm here. You showing off because I'm in Arctic Tundra, Canada. Are you? Yeah, it just it snowed again last night. Uh, it didn't it's actually. Seventeen settle. degrees here. What? You know, people knock global warming all the time, don't they? But it does have its upsides, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. You know, we might lose a few Pacific nations into the bargain, yeah. but, you know, and in the it's 70. Bear, but, you know. Yeah. But, but, but I can record start... with my door open, so well, to the there polar bears, you go. that's what I there say. You go. <laughs> and the polar bears, they're all migrating south anyway and mating with the big brown bears. Have you heard about that? No, they'll be in here with yeah. me soon, I no doubt. I might have to shut well, the doors. <laughs> Unless they can start swimming across the North Sea, I think they're safe, <laughs> Lucy. But no, there's, um, and it was one promiscuous uh, white polar one. bear. There's, there's always, always one that lets one. it down yeah. for everyone else. Yep. <laughs> but they, the scientists have been re uh, recording this in, I'm going to guess it's Canada, that there is this new species of polar bear, brown bear. And they, when they genetically tested it, it's down to one frisky uh, polar bear that was just having it away with shed loads of brown bears. But yeah, anyway, global warming. You know, she she's probably all up for the global warming because you know. It's <laughs> anyway, moving back on to Lillian Russ. Uh, yeah, yes, Lily is. Uh, she's played. She's mature, and Elizabeth says it all the time. I think she even said it on uh, last Sunday, or was it Monday's episode? You know, you are, you've always been sensible. But she did that awful thing, which is you've always been my sensible girl, and mm. then the family disgrace rings up and manages to be sympathetic for two minutes, and she's giddy as a kipper, Elizabeth. And <laughs> it's not fair, you know. It, you, the good, the good one just gets kind of over overlooked because oh no, she's a sensible one, so we expect that. And then you know mm. the 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 annoying one does something mediocre and is greeted like the second coming. It's just really, really irritating. Well, 
it, that is a parable as old as time itself, isn't yeah. it? Hence, yeah. you know, the prodigal son and all of that. Yeah. Um, it's just the way that that things go. Um, and I I think this was this week. Well, I'm going to say this anyway because it's hardly the, the biggest rev- revelation. But Lily does say that, doesn't she? I, I think she said it this week. It could have been the end of last week. I really can't remember. But she does express her slight frustration um, to Russ about exactly that. that yeah, that no, uh, was last call, week. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That yeah. a call from Freddie, uh, yeah. you know, excites her yeah. mother and, and can raise her spirits in a way that she can't. Yeah. You know, so, hmm. Uh, Scrabble, Leonard, Jill, uh, Peggy, <laughs> David, <laughs> Ruth. <laughs> Where oh, do you stand so on all of that? kind of giggly and immature about, um, you know, about about Jill and Leonard you know they're, they're just big they're so they're just emotionally incompetent that family you know they're good at if, it, if it's not if it hasn't got four legs and they can't stick their hands up its ass they don't really know what to do you know they're a bit sort of rubbish that, they're all that, behaving as if Elizabeth's got the plague so, so I, in other so, words in other words they are reflective of the great British public? Well, no, because there are other people in, in Ambridge that are more... I mean, Lillian's more emotionally mature than that. Um, Is she? Running off with Matt's brother, all that nonsense no, with but she Bren, has, Brenda's, she, Brenda's she ha- man. No, she has insight into other people. She just has none into herself. <laughs> That's the problem. Mm. Um, but, you know, Jolene's got insight to a certain extent. Um, oh Fallon no, Jolene does. Even Jazza has, and the the archers are just a bunch of mouth breathing idiots when it comes to kind of emotional <laughs> stuff. They've just got no idea. Listen, as somebody who prefers to breathe through their mouth, I take great offence at that. <laughs> <laughs> but n- they do have flashes. Now, come on, the you know, as a father who is watching his son, um, you know literally become a man with each passing day like he's driving me the other day and he's up at university and you know he hasn't starved to death and you know he's got a network of friends up there i found the david and ben thing you know um as small as it was with him realizing um a couple of months ago that ben didn't really have a role on the farm Uh i.e in the family and for us on the soap yeah. You know, a little bit touching. You know, it wasn't the biggest thing in the world, but to, to realise that his son was uh, coming of coming of age, uh, slow, you know, soon to be of age, and needed to um, have a role and to start pulling his weight. I thought that was actually quite sweet, and the whole kind of kind of best thing and stuff. So they do have capacity to to reach out to use that horrible Americanism. Uh, to, to members of their family, they do. They're just a bit a bit daft about sex, I think. Mm. You know, there's kind of that, and that awful, awful scene on Valentine's Day well, with that Jill was just and ridiculous. David in bed. Ooh, Jill horrible. and David in bed. Sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Freudian <laughs> slip. No doubt David makes the same slip fairly often. Ruth and David in bed. Oh, my God. Well, there was no need for that, was there? No. And, no. and I think... The, this is where I completely not agree with you. Though. I think the, the script writers threw that in for us all to utterly cringe. Yeah. You know, if that would have been Susan well, and worked. Neil, 
Exactly. If that had been Susan and Neil, we'd have said, you know, I, I, you know, the chili had worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Be, you know, there was yeah. loads of other characters and we would have been all for it. But them pair, just yeah. written the way that it was. And the fact that my, David's so clueless. Yeah. You know, but, but my, I, my, my, my toes clenched up so much, I'm not sure they've even come down yet. How about your sphincter? <laughs> Is that still clenched as well? <laughs> <laughs> we need my sphincter out of this. <laughs> Um, right. Uh, you, you know what? All right. You, you are right. I'm looking at some notes here. And I, oh, no, yes. There is one thing which I did think was absolutely lovely was the sisters doing it for themselves. Jennifer and Susan oh, yes, at Willow the, Cottage. Yes. Uh huh. And Susan I just loved, dealt with the situation. And I loved the kind of the Marie Antoinette thing of. Um, you know, uh, Jennifer sort of playing at, oh, let's pretend to be a plumber. Oh, this is quite funny, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and you think, no, some people actually have to do this on a fairly regular basis, Jennifer, because, mm. you know, they can't just ring up a plumber and, and you know. And it's just her genuine joy, though, that she'd done it. And, you know, and the fact that, and, and it, how it went from in the beginning, um, Susan basically putting her foot in the door and not leaving until Jennifer had yeah. said, would you like to come in for a cup of tea, Susan? She was like, yes, right. I know she was halfway up the stairs before she got <laughs> you know, It's lovely. No, no, it was. It was. That that was um, a scene for the ages, really, and all the reasons why I, I love the archers. You know, the the, the crash of classes, yeah. the, uh, the togetherness of you know, these two characters doing something together, all of the, you know, the petty snobbery, the, you know, Susan thinking, well, oh, you've come down in life, haven't you now? You know, mm. you're kind of on my level and we are on now the same level. But then, yeah. but it, end, it, it ended kind of beautifully. You know, yeah. And uh, I'm blocking the thing. So uh, props, 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 props to all concerned yeah. for writing that. Yeah. So that, that was awesome. Other than that, I'm out of things in terms of what yeah, happened last week. Yeah, me too. Week. Oh, yeah. Mm. All right. Not so why don't we just deal. do this then? Yeah. Hello, Ambridge3962. Right. Um, we've got another one of those kind of global caller in shows, uh, loose. And first, we're up to the upper lower west east side. It's our New York Nigel, I believe he's a rabbi. Hello, Dumpty Dum friends. It's <laughs> Nigel here. Lucy, Royfield, Mark, Robert, you take every caller seriously, even if we disagree. So thanks, Royfield, for taking me down the pub to let me know what's what with Adam and mm-hmm. Eamon. Yeah. So come to New York so I can take you for a pint to say thanks. Three points this week. Clary knows how to handle a big wrench. She got the U-bend flowing. Her tips could help Susan. Jennifer with her yeah. U-bends. The Aldridge catastrophe is worth it for that one fabulous encounter. And if anyone can make the Aldridges interesting, Clary can. Secondly, Tom's a prized jerk. The whole point of that useless family <laughs> is that they're supposed to teach us about farming. Cheese, veg, cows, organic, blah, blah. But wasn't farming education the original idea of the archers? These yep. nincompoops are a 
petri dish for every wacko farming idea that anyone ever had. When the scriptwriters try to give them a human interest story like Helen, it's always in the same vein. It's always out there. I don't think it would surprise me in the least if Johnny embarked on gender reassignment surgery. Those <laughs> guinea pigs always get that sort of story. Good to hear Alan again. Good to hear him written seriously. Ministers often end up in edgy conversations, a bit like therapists, bereavement, depression, loneliness, eccentricity, things that are inappropriate for general company. Therapists and priests talk about things that are mostly avoided. We've gotten used to being looked at askance when we take conversations deeper than people are willing to go. And contrast that with the dreaded superficial Russ. Convinced that Mia's destined for life in psychotherapy or ministry, in 50 years' time, she's going to be Lillian Bellamy. Go. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> New York, Nigel, you'd think after calling in for, for two years, you'd know about the two-minute time limit. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know you, you got carried away in your own supply there, but it's an, an awesome call until you cut it down was. in your prime. Mm. I do uh, think that I was very cross with Tom for being so rude to Johnny. For, you know, mm. Johnny going, you're not cross with me, are you? You're not cross with me. No, I'm not cross. No, I'm not cross. But I'll just say this, though. I'm not cross. But I will just say this, though. And you think, well, you are cross then. Just, you know, shut up. Stop being such a big baby. He really is. And, mm. you know, the fact that Johnny is being cautious. Like, he doesn't, he hasn't drunk the Kool-Aid like the rest of them. And he is thinking, you know, we're heading into Brexit. We're heading, or whatever the hell that shit show will turn out to be. Um you know, we're in a very complex economic system at the moment with climate change and everything is affecting farming. Is this really a good time to be investing in more land, especially when we've just bloody sold some? You know, it's none of their schemes have actually, they never give them a chance to come to any fruition before they're on to the next one. They don't give their plans chance to bear fruit, do they? No. Keep the farming agricultural metaphor going. Uh, now, I just quickly need to say this, Lucy. Regular Listener 52 wrote us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And they took us to task on talking over the caller in They said, it's, oh. it's, it's, this is a new thing, right? And I don't like it because it means that you can't hear the caller in And oh, they gave us four out of five stars. However, what I would say, uh, Regular Listener 52, is that we had to talk over that one because um, our New York Nigel said Clary and really what he meant Susan. Susan. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, fair point. I yes. will, I will desist from from doing that. I can't speak for Lucy. Uh, I she's shall her too. Own person. Okay, she will too. So if you can like uh, go back to iTunes, delete the review, give us five stars, and say that. <laughs> otherwise <laughs> we'll talk feedback. over everybody. <laughs> exactly. So great feedback. They they listen to me. Uh, that'd be awesome. Anyway, right. Let's go <laughs> on with another caller in and this time it's oh, it's my Claire. Hey, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Hello. Also of Map Corner Climbs these days too. Lucy just did it again. Uh, I oh. just wanted to ring in to celebrate the joy of listening to <laughs> Jenny and Susan unblock the think because uh, I'm a woman who likes a bit of DIY. Can't uh, I just love being able to you know put up a shelf or fix something or whatever. Um, and it is really liberating and exciting when you can do that stuff. And I just think Jenny's the sort of person who's just never really done any of that stuff for herself. 
And and clearly, um, Brian isn't really best at that. I think he thinks it's beneath him, really. I think if he put his mind to it, he could be better at DIY. But anyway, um, so good for them. And, uh, I mean, having Susan having wangled her way into the house completely uh, unfairly, I think she uh, redeemed herself slightly with that. So... <laughs> Well done, then. Uh, please let uh, Jenny take over from uh, Robert. Is it Robert? Um, Lynn's husband? As the uh, local handy person. Uh, let her get inspired and sort of buy herself a power drill or something. Um, <laughs> uh, also, just with my housing hat on, there's been a lot of conversation in the various social medias about were Lily and Russ really evicted from their flat in Manchester? And... Uh, well, for a whole host of technical reasons, which are too boring to go into, I find it very unlikely. Uh, so I think maybe they've just stopped paying the rent and they're waiting to be evicted. So they thought they might as well abandon and abandon the property and give the keys back. Um, because I find it very unlikely that the legal process has caught up with them, even if they'd never paid a penny since they left the deposit. Yes. So uh, we'll see about that. But uh, the upshot is they're back, aren't they? So please let her dump him and uh, go and have a better university experience at a later date. Anyway, keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. Mm. Mm. Yes, spot on. He's mm. yeah, and sorry, listener fifty two. I talked all the way through Claire as well. Um, I think uh, he's yeah, she's dead right. There's no way that they would have been evicted. They, and yeah, I I agree that she would have. They would have just said right, we can't pay this rent. Let's just you know, and then they won't get the deposit back and all that stuff. It's amazing, isn't it? How how as Archer's listeners, something that's made us very very happy this week is listening to two women on the radio unblock a sink. <laughs> that's made us very happy for, for uh, lots of different reasons well the whole kind of DIY thing I think um, is something which I think kind of stopped with um, our generation in terms of be, just being able to be handy truly practical yeah. around the house and yeah. my dad he, he's I'm going to say he's frequently disappointed with me but that, that would be somewhat over-egging the pudding but as a teenager he would frequently say to me right I need to do x and y and z now and he would be like putting up a shelf or he would be unblocking something and I just stood there handed him you know the various implements that he needed the tools bored out of my skull and to my shame I remember writing in one of my teenage diaries most boring day of my life had to unblock the sink with dad right And and he saw it uh, yeah, How yeah, did yeah. he see it? Well, he was doing that whole parent thing. I was about 15 at the time and he decided to go through my stuff. Right. And then Ooh. we had an argument and he decided to, ah, it was the most boring day in your life. How are you going to survive <laughs> as an adult? And whatever, blah, 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 blah. Right. <clears throat> and it has to be, and you know, when I was that age, I just wanted to be artsy fartsy. I just, you know, I yeah. wanted to make film, I wanted to paint, I wanted to, you know. So having the flat, the, the gate kept on um, hanging off loose and I bought myself a big drill which helped me like zoom the screws into it instead of me right. doing it manually in my yeah. arms because I'm like, falling off. Yeah. Right. Now, I've Airbnb'd out my place for how many years now? Four or five years. And it says a lot about humanity that you can leave things in your house. Like there was a mobile phone left there for 18 months, which wasn't mine, left by another guest, and no one took it. You can leave everything other than a power drill. That's the one thing that those fuckers will (laughs) half inch. And and my dad came round 
bearing in mind that, you know, I'm seen as somewhat impractical when it comes to DIY, came round to the house and he says, oh, do you need a hand with that, with that gate? I went, well, did you not notice it was kind of hanging all right, Dad? And he went, oh, yeah, it was. And I went, guess what I've got? And I searched high and low for 15 minutes before I realised someone had a half inch to draw. I wanted to oh. present to my dad yeah. the drill. Oh. Gutted The I drill was. of manhood. Exactly. It was like, you know, I don't know, it was like the Lion King where, you know, they present <laughs> young Simba. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to present it to him. I am your son. Clay, I am your son. And yeah, some fucker from some random bit of the planet took me drill. Do not leave power drills in an Airbnb property because it will go. Anything else? Fine. Now, uh, Lucy, shall we yes. now go on to... Oh, no, I was going to say Maid Marion. But no, let's have a little bit of pool room and then we'll swing down and do our Maid Marion. Hello, okay. uh, it's Paul Room calling in, um, just following up on something uh, back from the 20th of December that I've been listening out for <laughs> that I called about then when Elizabeth had her funny turn in the shop with Russ and an ambulance was called. And I know mm. now with the uh, depression and everything that it's assumed, or I would assume it's um, meant to be uh, related to that but at the time she had palpitations she felt her defibrillator had activated and the thing with this is it that would mean she couldn't drive until she had it looked into and sorted out and in the episode it said oh yeah the hospital would uh, see her in the new year um about this but we heard absolutely nothing um, about her appointment at the hospital. And I just would have thought, as Elizabeth's come to the fore at the moment, that this would have been followed up on. But I do fear that the sort of continuity in the script has been forgotten and this has just been airbrushed out with, you know, it doesn't matter that Elizabeth possibly can't drive, did her ICD work? Even if it didn't, we, you know, could have had a brief thing saying, oh, yes, yeah, she went to the hospital, had her appointment and everything was fine. But zilch. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's slightly annoying me that this hasn't uh, been picked up on. But, hey-ho, never know. Uh, enjoying mm-hmm. the show as per usual. Uh, bye. Bye. Just before you go into all this heart malarkey with our Elizabeth, can I just say, this is one of the many reasons why I love our little community, because we've had a vicar call in and um, empathise with Alan. We've had... Um, a housing expert, one of the UK's premier housing experts, talk about the slight pot, plot hole in uh, the Lily and Russ story. And then we've got a doctor talking about, you know, in depth about uh, a potential story uh, plot hole with Elizabeth. You know, yep. And that's why it's important, caller in Russ, that when you call in for the first time, you give us your credentials. But anyway, over we'll to have you, a builder Freeman. ringing next to say he's got your drill. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I, I don't think a builder would have would nicked it because it only cost me 69 quid. But, you know, so they would have had a proper industrial thingy, you know, proper. But anyway, whatever. Uh, go on. Uh, why don't you opine about Paul Room? I'm going to take a sip of me water. I have nothing to opine, really. Ooh, I'm right. sure I'm sure you're I'm sure you're right. But uh 
I did remember something about her saying, yes, it's fine. It just needs resetting. And now it's been reset and now it's fine. Unless I dreamt that, which does happen sometimes. So, uh, You've had many a dream about the archers. I have. (laughs) Which makes me realise that I'm only (laughs) archers light when it comes to fandom. (laughs) It probably means I shouldn't eat brie just before I go to sleep, to be honest. But I do think (laughs) that... um, uh, that we moved on very swiftly from the heart thing. But what they were trying to, to 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 sort of flag up was Elizabeth's mental state with her mm. anxiety attack and the the what's it the cardiac thingy was like secondary to it. So I think it had served its purpose as a mm. as a plot point, and then we just moved on. So yeah. it's funny though. Everybody that's interested in a certain thing wants to know you know what happened in in that particular area it's it's you know it's because when it's your thing and you're interested in your ears prick up when somebody's doing a certain thing like when i was when she was when uh, um pip was whittering on about digital marketing and social media accounts and i was thinking no that's wrong no that's wrong as well and that's wrong but it's sort of and then you want to know what happened afterwards because it's the bit you know about. So, you know, it's kind of like, well, I, they definitely should have gone more into that, you know. <laughs> well, I just flounder constantly because no one's ever talked about a podcast actually on the Arches no. yet, have they? <laughs> so, uh... I'll give it time. They'll set up, <laughs> Bridge Farm will have their own podcast in a matter oh, of minutes, I would imagine. You are so right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. So that's Paul Room done. Now it's on to second time caller in It's uh, Marion and she is a maid. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Maid Marion again. Well, you did say to call back. I just wanted to say a few <laughs> things, mostly about Elizabeth and to thank Lucy um, for her really honest take on mental health and sharing her own experiences. Um, I suffered from postnatal depression after I had my first child oh, and golly. the struggle was immense. Yeah. Had I not been quite so resistant to accepting it or to having medication, I might have had an easier time of it. And I come from a therapy profession. Anyway, I'm a bit worried about everything that's going on with Elizabeth's treatment. Everyone's focusing on when she's going to be well. How about focusing on managing the problem right now? She seems yeah. to be so proud of herself for telling people that she's suffering with depression. And of course, accepting that there's a problem is the first step. But It's a long road with lots of forwards and backwards steps and this isn't going to be cured in a matter of weeks. And reassuring everyone that it's all in hand is akin to denying the problem. Therapy is a marvellous thing, as is medication. And thank you, Lucy, for dispelling some myths around that. But she's not going to feel normal again for a while and she needs to start to come to the realisation that there's no quick fix out there. And so do her family, particularly Jill. Her responses have been generally pretty unhelpful but they're probably quite true to life for many parents when they find their children are undergoing therapy. That fear of, is it something I've done? And is she Mm. talking about me? Can't be uncommon. Just to finish a word about Mia or a few. I love her. She is fab. And she says, right, you are. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed a right you are from Mia. Mm. And I thought, ah, she's going to be around for a while then. They only give they only give the right you are's and the I'll see myself outs to um uh, to people who are going to be it's like a Twitter account they only give them to people <laughs> who are in it for the long haul. That's the equivalent to a blue tick, is it? Yes, absolutely. You're mm. a verified person on the Archers. I think the whole of Archers fandom um, has got behind Mia this week, haven't they? Or last week, shall yeah. we say? 
I yeah. love her to pieces. I am somewhat worried that she's going to become a nun, uh, which I think was uh, what Yokel Bear kind of put up a picture, you know, Mia in on it 30 years time. It was this woman in a habit. Uh, and you, you, you do want her to have fun. She's definitely got mm. a little bit of a backbone. Uh, she so loves and cares for her family, her younger sibling, and she obviously does care for Will, but she w- does stand up for herself. And that was just tremendous. Mm. Utterly yeah. tremendous. You know, she's 13, but got, you know, uh, a, a, an iron will. And, and that's yeah. kind of great, you know. Yeah. So more of Mia, please. And I did like the little Rua uh, Ruari and her little thing, you know, just for us to get a hint, a, a glimpse that maybe Rory kind of likes her. But again, it just goes to prove that she is a carer. She is what's really holding that household together that she was out doing the shopping um you know and and she shouldn't be shouldn't have that responsibility that age but will is just so in his own grief that you know nick has been replaced by her daughter yeah yeah shall we do now now this kind of blew my skirt up i don't mind admitting right so yeah it did i had a was it Gosh. your leather skirt? Were you wearing that again? <laughs> I tell you, it was a very liberating evening for me, that, Lucy, I tell you. I've never felt more free. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to go now to a land where we've never had a caller in it before. But the gentlemen do like to wear long flowing garments as well there. So it's our Sarah, and I believe she's in Riyadh. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all of you in this wonderful Dumpty Dum community. My name is Sarah and I live and work in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. I've been listening to The Archers since 1985, which makes me a Marjorie Antropus. Me too! But more importantly, I've been listening to Dumpty Dum since episode 98 and I haven't missed a single episode since. I've called you once before to predict that Tom and Kirsty would eventually get together and I'm still waiting for that. But I haven't called in since mainly because I listened to the Omnibus edition followed immediately by Dumpty Dum on a Saturday, which is my Sunday here, so I'm always a week behind. However, today, which is a Saturday, I felt, I guess along with many, many others, that I must call in to say how brave and moving and insightful I found Lucy's sharing of her experiences with oh, depression and anxiety. I'm, I'm a therapist and I work mainly with children and young people. And I do believe that, as Royfield mentioned, that there is a growing understanding and openness about mental health. But there is still an enormous need for the Lucys of this world to speak up in order to normalise the fact that sometimes our mental health needs some attention. I was surprised by how believable Lizzie's counselling session was. It wasn't realistic. Everything moved far too quickly. But I really bought into it and I thought it was great. However, more than anybody, the person who seems to be crying out for therapy as far as I'm concerned is Mia. It's brilliant Mm. that she's been brought in as a speaking character because what she has and is dealing with is enormous. And I've been worrying about her and wondering why she hasn't featured more prominently since Jake moved out to live with his dad. I realise now that we've just been waiting and I hope that this positive move towards recognising mental health in the Archers will... Oh. Oop. Okay, folks, you need to time yourselves. It's got, you've got, you've got two minutes. I was so engrossed with that call. I was like, oh, 
Um, I was just automatically think our connection's dropped and I think, oh, bloody hell, it's gone again and then realise it's the caller that's gone. Yes, uh, fab call. Uh, thank Did you for none of them in. get offered? Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you for your kind comments. Do, do, did any of them, were the, were the Grundies offered therapy? I remember Will moaning about, why do I need counselling? I'm, but again, I might have dreamt that bit. Um, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I think so. I think He said, well, they didn't know so. me or they didn't know her mm. or something. The, what was the name of the gamekeeper? Was it George? I've got George. George Bar- Barford. It was George Barford. He was the gamekeeper, wasn't he? Yeah, Christine's yeah. husband. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he took Will under his uh, yeah. wing, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And... He wasn't quite as taciturn and as miserable as Will, but I, I know I've said this before. There is something about that profession to me from the outside that I kind of think that though that because it's so solitary, isn't it? It's fundamentally you are by yourself. Will is this very old-fashioned view of masculinity, isn't he? Whether mm, it's him yeah. in the home, yeah. whether it's him yeah. emotionally, is incredibly old-fashioned. He's yeah. is a wound-up ball of everything is underneath the surface. Yeah, and he tries, uh, and how he reaches out to his children is by ostentatious displays of gift giving because he can which is also to do with his upbringing because he had it so hard his parents were always broke and he well that's his differentiator exactly it's It's it's, i am not like the rest of you exactly i've got money i've got my own place etc and i did i something which i only really appreciate now i appreciate the the george and the will stuff years and years ago when Will was a, a trainee kind of, um, you know, kind of gamekeeper and stuff. Pre- appreciate it at the time. I thought, nah, it's kind of, it's kind of boring bollocks, basically. Um, but it was, it was a listener who I was chatting to did say to me that Will does display growth because in this week he's gone from being utterly horrible to Alan but it's because of grief, because he can't process yeah. his grief, can he? But it was the same with all Will does is ricochet between rudeness and apology and rudeness and apology. The amount of scenes where we've had Will coming into the shop or coming in to see Alan or coming mm. in to see Edward or coming in to see uh, Emma or Clary. So, oh, I just wanted to apologise, Rawai bit. Stop bloody doing it and then you won't need to apologise <laughs> quite so often. Yeah. No. It's just, you know, because he, he, he's very impulsive. For somebody as stolid as him, he's very impulsive and quick to flare into anger. And then he has to sort of clamber down ungracefully, um, you know, 10 minutes later. And it's just, it's just, it's this, it's this ping pong character arc that he's, it's not even an arc. It is a ping pong thing uh, where it's just reaction, um, reaction, retraction, reaction, retraction, you know, constantly. Mm. No, well, th- that level of unresolved anger is just always there with him you know you, you're right yeah. to say that you know, he's never let that go he's he is angry that I don't quite understand why because not everything is a reaction to Ed growing up but that's where well I I think there I think it is I think like we were saying about um Freddie and Lily mm. I think Will and Ed are very similar in that Will is the good boy Will is the one who tried hard. Will is the one who didn't get in trouble. Will is the one who um, 
you know, got the reward of the money from his aunt when she died and blah, 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 blah. And yet he's forever, he forever think because Ed's got charm, which Will will never have. Um, he's still, there's still but somehow in his head, he's thinking, where is my reward? Why am I not happier than I am? he's got his reward and he keeps on rubbing it in people's faces. Look at him. Yeah, he's but got for some people it's not job. enough. It's not enough that you get rewarded. The other person has to be punished. And he feels that Ed has been spoiled and has never been punished for what he okay. put everybody I through when he behaved with you, badly. But not completely, because surely okay. him and Emma being able to not only be in the same room, but care for each other in a non-sexual way is him coming to terms with his brother, Ed, by proxy. No, that's him coming to terms with his ex-wife Emma but what she did to him was until his mother until Clary says to Will I love you more because you're better you because you're a good boy he won't be happy no then he'll deal and she's never going to do that we're going to have to revisit this because I think you're onto something, but but I disagree. And I don't know if I disagree fundamentally or whether it is <laughs> just on the nuance here because I, I you've really painted um, a very vivid and I think accurate picture of him ping-ponging, uh, reacting from, from situation, but he does. And he does actually reflect, but it's, it's in that moment, isn't it? It's just in that moment when he feels he's being got at or, he's, or that he's not being understood. Yeah. You get a very yeah. naked and very, well, I you think, get, real. And you get a very childish. It's, it's like he's stuck at age six and he's having a tantrum in the corner. Mm. I've been a good boy. Well, um, I have a, a You know a what, you are friend. right because he kept on saying, this should not have happened to me about the death of Nick. Yeah. You know, I don't I've, deserve it. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I can't remember. I, I got, did everything right. Yeah. It's the classic compliant elder child. Where is my, I have done everything you wanted. Where is my reward? And why do, why do you still love him more? But he can't blame the death of Nick on Ed. No, it's just everything else that happens. But no, but no, you know, he kind of could, you know, because he can say, well, this has happened to me. It has not happened to Ed. Mm. Ed has not lost yeah. somebody who, yeah, yeah, even that he can throw. Mm. All right. To, let let, let a, me think on. A, yeah, go on. I have a friend who is six years old and um, <laughs> she came downstairs in an enormous strop your, the other day. Your friend um, is six? Yes, yes. And um, she's very interested in um, in uh, haute couture and things. Ooh. And so I buy her books about Vivian Westwood shoes and she loves them. Anyway, mm. um, she, uh, <laughs> the other day, apparently, she stropped off upstairs and... Um, she'd been told off for putting her feet on the table while they were eating. And um, she was sent uh, upstairs and she went upstairs and there was a lot of crashing and banging. And she came roaring back downstairs again, absolutely streaked with tears. Mm. And her mother said, good Lord, what on earth's happened? And she said, I have been up there being good for two minutes and no one has noticed. She said, (laughs) (laughs) and And that is exactly what Will is. You know, I am doing it all good. And no one's because all the attention's going on him because he is forever in some sort of bloody mess that involves everyone having to lend him money and rescue him and, you know, (laughs) haul him out of it sort of thing. And and Will just wants constant... Will, if anybody needed, you're a good boy. It's it's Will. That's all he wants. 
Mm. But constantly, I think. You uh, talk about the word constant. You constantly make me think because I can't think of who is my youngest person who I'd genuinely call a friend. I must admit, right, if I had um if I had um a friendship with a six year old, I wouldn't call it as, <laughs> as such. I would not you put the word friend there and end it with ship. You know, I wouldn't Lucy. Right. And uh, there are many children who I feel quite close to, quite like, you know, like to hear what they've been up to, etc. I wouldn't call them a friend. Though, you know, there's no law against it. So I'm just trying to think yeah. now. I'm scratching my head. Who is the youngest person who I'd genuinely call a friend? Because I think friend, on some level, you're saying that you're equals, aren't you? And you can't be an equal with a, with a, with a, with a six-year-old. No, obviously. But I don't have any sort of maternal feeling for her other, other than that she's, you know, I've got to look after her because she's only six. But we have conversations about quite, you know, in-depth things that we're both interested in. So... I, I, I don't know. I think of her as, you know, I don't think of her as my friend. Friends is ridiculous, but, you know. Hmm. And, and and if I see something, I think, oh, shoot, Alice would like that. And, you know. Yeah, again, Lucy being thought-provoking. Uh, thought-provoking. Do we have any emails which you could um, tell us about? No. Yes, we do. We had some very long, lovely ones with people talking yes, about, but, 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 you, know, yes. but like, you don't know, you, yes. you, you, you just want to, you know, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll just say to people, uh, we had quite a few emails, people emailing how they've been touched by what Lucy said last week and recounting their stories, battles, um, insights into the world of depression and how um, Lucy's um, honest words helped them have helped them and how um you know they're taking kind of great comfort from them so so i'll do the i'll do the lucy bit there you go so there you go well done you that misses <laughs> uh now folks it's time where i go let's have an advertisement break i'll have a camp coffee which really means i'm just gonna roll off the bed have a sip of me water um if you're in the uk possibly the us you'll hear an ad if not you won't and it'll be straight on to yokel bear If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. It might be a shorter roundup this week because I'm actually not feeling terribly well. Got myself a nasty little case of gastric flu. Um, and I may have to dash off to um, adjourn to another room, shall we say. <laughs> but we started the um, week talking of horrible things that afflict you. Um, Ross came back with Lily. Um, and I posted just basically, Lily, just dump him. Just dump him. Well, it seemed quite a lot of you agreed he's not popular, is he? Um, Pete Ranson said, and I, I probably need to spell this out. Pete Ranson said, Erg, Russ, he's such a, and I'll spell this, C, apostrophe, hashtag T. It's a C word, isn't it, Pete? Yes, anyway. And Pete went on to say, sorry, I offended myself with that. I, um, so I had to edit it. But he really is, isn't he? Yes, Pete, he is. There are no redeeming features whatsoever. And then when he started going on about, well, can't we tap your grandmother up for money? It's just like, oh, yeah. I would have punched him in the face. Drew Hamilton didn't even need to hear it. He said, I haven't heard the episode yet, but I agree on general principle. Um, and I think that's how <laughs> a lot of people feel. Stephen Bowden then came up with a worrying theory. Um, he said, I'm still not convinced that the scene with him in his dressing gown last time he was in Borsetshire wasn't indicative of some dodgy action with Elizabeth, which would explain <clears throat> her distinct uh, fro um, fraudeur um, which might him be part of the reason for a descent into depression. So what do we think, people? Has no. have Liz and Russ 
No. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Do you know what I mean? It's just too horrific. Halloween's a long time off. We don't need to be thinking things like this yet. And Jeff Carson asked the question, is this going to be another, um, dare I say it, Rob-like story? Now, I've been thinking a lot about this. I don't think it will because I really don't think the scriptwriters and the editors will put us through that again or put the characters through that again. My prediction is that he's going to have enough of being in Ambridge since they're back for a bit because, you know, he'll see people from the school, he'll see students, and I think he'll get all funny about it and Lily will just run out of patience and dump him. So there you go. There's my prediction. Never got a prediction right before in the past. So anyway. (laughs) But on the issue of Russ and whether he should just go away, Sally Newey just said, there must be a culvert somewhere. Yes, Sally, but the problem is they're getting a bit full, aren't they? We also had a bit of a discussion about Mia. Um, and is she coping without Nick? Is it a good idea for her to get involved with the church? Is Clary's um, concerns justified? Should, should she be having more fun? Um, Charles Ping said, cute bonding between Rory and Mia over their departed mothers. Well, they did kind of bond a bit, didn't they? wonder whether that's going anywhere. Hmm. Isn't Mia a little bit young for Rory I don't know it's really difficult because Rory the actor that plays Rory sounds really old so it doesn't kind of sound right does it because Mia sounds quite young um yeah don't know I think the most insightful post on this came from Jean Bell, though. She said, I think her behaviour is a way of her coping with her grief and is helping her to feel close to her mother. However, it would not be a good thing for it to continue. She needs to be a child again, and I am hopeful that some time with Andrew and Jake will bring this about. Yeah, I think you're right, Jean. I think that's what she needs. Also, Benjamin Hugh Mackay, um, and I warn you, this is this is a bit of a post of two halves. It takes a bit of a shift in the middle. Benjamin Hugh said, um, I lost my first boyfriend to sepsis. He, bless him, uh, was in a wheelchair and had spina bifida. I would not wish to see anyone go through sepsis or see anyone they love die from it. And I'll pause there and just say, Benjamin Hugh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, mm. That must have been terrible. And I'm so sorry for that. But then the post took a bit of an extra extra term when he got onto the subject of Will. And he goes on to say, but Will's behaviour tonight was unacceptable. He has shown himself to be a whining git with the intelligence of an amoeba (laughs) and the discombobulation of a pile of poo. Um, Yeah, that really was a post of two halves, Benjamin Hugh. Um, And I did laugh at discombobulation of a pile of poo. Brilliant. Also, we had some song lyrics about Will, posted by Martin van der Heuvel. I'm not going to sing because um, all the dogs in your area would start barking. Um, but I'll read it out. It says, High on a hill was a grumpy goat herd. Yodlay, 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 ee-hoo. Bitter was the voice <laughs> of the grumpy goat herd, and his name was Will. Yeah, I think that's... um, Yeah, great. Anyway... We also asked the question about, um, I love the bit, my favourite bit this this week was when Susan um, almost kind of barged her way in to have a cup of tea with with Jenny. Um, She was getting in no matter what, wasn't she? And I thought that was just brilliant. 
classic Susan. But we asked the question, have you ever had unexpected guests or whatever um, that you really didn't want there? Um, Karen Cunningham said, yes, an ex-neighbour who wouldn't stop bothering me. I used to hide in my own house. Since we've moved seven counters, um, we've since moved seven counters away, which appears to have solved the problem. Yeah, Karen Probably just temporarily. They're probably four (laughs) counties away as we speak. Well, I shouldn't say that really, should I? Um, Also, as well, Witherspoon um, told a story about parents walking in. Boyfriend at the time was walking out of the shower with a towel wrapped around his waist, fortunately. But luckily, the bathroom was right near the front door of this particular apartment. I quickly ushered my parents out of the said door for a stroll in Washington Square Park. Which is, yeah, great, isn't it? So, there you go. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm just not making sense anymore. And, um, yeah, feeling a bit peaky. So, but anyway, that's the social media roundup for the week. Um, Next week, you'll have the marvellous Millie Bell, who hopefully will be in top health. Have a good week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, Mr. Yokel Bear. All right. Hope you feel better. Hmm. Soon. Yes, doesn't sound very nice at all. So anyway, our Lucy, uh, Chop Chop, uh, we've gone over time. I love the bird song. I feel like I'm a Jimmus. <laughs> Jimmus and Robert Snell. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well hey, done. You've reminded I can, me of something. I can hear a big Sorry. tit in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's Basil. <laughs> Go on. What have I reminded you of? Royfield's just called you a big tit. Nasty Royfield. Um if anybody, if you know I occasionally do recommendations of things. Mm. Well, there's a rather marvellous thing. There is an amazing, amazing, amazing radio writer called Nick Warburton Mm -hmm. who wrote the uh, most recent Canterbury Tales, The Archer's Canterbury Tales. Mm -hmm. He has also, he's written a million things. The stand, he's just brilliantly consistent. He's just funny and he's just, he's just spot on. He's perfect. He's one of my idols. And he um, has done a series called On Mardle Fen which is kind of a funny, it's the kind of thing Yokel Bear would really like. It's funny and a little bit spooky and a bit dramery and a bit, but mostly funny. I find it very, very funny. Um, And it's about a restaurant in uh, the Fens in Norfolk. And it stars, uh, one of the stars is uh, the actor that plays Jimmus. And um, it's just wonderful. You can get it as an audio book and you can get all, I think it's four four series of it. And it's just fantastic. So if you've got a long drive to do or you've got some gardening to do and you want some pruning and you want a nice audio accompaniment, then I definitely suggest um, downloading On Mardle Fen by Nick Warburton because you will really, if you like The Archers, you will really like it. Ooh. The end. Now, do you want Tweets of the Week? Yes, please. Okay, Matt Underwood. Oh, Will, Nick wouldn't have been ashamed of you. She was far too boring for that. Plus, she knew what a twat you were when she married you. Uh, John Porter. The fact that Tom thinks it, quote, makes perfect sense, unquote, to put beef in a veg box explains a great deal about his lack of business success to date. Uh, Being Doris said, I'm not a fan of bullying unless it's Russ. Uh, Jamie D said, (laughs) Jamie D said, had Alan saying, Alan, and try not to dwell on the fact that Nick's senseless death shows that God is totally indifferent to you. (laughs) Harsh. And the winner is Paul Truman. Uh, Just spent a corking two hours in the cinema watching The Kid Who Would Be King. 
The actor playing Josh in The Archers is wonderful as Merlin, but you do half expect him to try and make the once and future king a great deal on the second hand Massey. Have you seen have you seen that little clip? There's I don't know if it was, was it a BBC clip of Patrick Stewart, who's obviously in that film. Yes. yes. When he suddenly realizes that Angus Imri yeah, is in the and Archers. He says, I, yes. I love the Archers, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh well folks, uh it's that time where I'm Did you know something? Lucy, that Did was you know so rude. That... So rude. Sorry, but uh, but you will like it when I say it. All right then. Can I say it? Go on. Bernie Mag mm-hmm. lives in Madrid. Um, a cup, no, not sorry, not Bernie Mag. Sheila, Sheila Maguire mm-hmm. lives um, quite close to Patrick Stewart, and she knows him, and they sometimes talk about their dogs together. And I want her to get him to come on the podcast. That would be awesome. I'll be all. I did about tweet Star him to Trek. ask him, but he's got about tw- no. Why not? He's got about. 12 <gasps> no, billion X. followers. Professor X. Oh. It's Professor X on the The Archers, X-Men. Royfield. The podcast is about the Listen. Archers. Yes. He plays a great Professor X in the Logan movie that came out last year. It made I know. complete not as, I mean, Did you watch it? Yes. This is what I hate about you. Right. That like I, I can talk about just about anything. I thought, okay, this is not going to be Lucy's wheelhouse. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Mm. Right. I was like, <laughs> I didn't say that. Like I didn't go. My, mm. you just leave me to my little moments, please. You and your right, Mac and Lucia stuff, and I have to sit through that. And I then like pipe up and whatever, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, <laughs> folks, dumdydum.com, go there. It's gar shop. <laughs> but no, seriously. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to say it as, as forlornly as that. It's got some awesome stuff in there, like great T-shirts. Oh, Lucy, you know the mug, which I've asked you to take yeah. a picture of yourself with? Yeah, I know. I haven't yet. Yes, yes, yes. All right, but you're going to do today? I, it, it, not today, because I look like a heap of poo, but when, well, I don't look like a I heap of poo, I didn't say put your face in the picture. I said take a picture of you with the mug. So it could be your hand on the mug by a kettle. But it could be anyone's hand then. How there would they you know? go. But I will know because it would come from you. Anyway, right. my point is be creative. right? Or just put some okay. lippy on. Just whatever. Get it right. done, woman. Anyway, but that okay. mug, which has got the design of the grass at the bottom, which I qu- really quite like, right? Yeah. I did a T-shirt with the grass at the hem of the T-shirt. There are lo- oh, nice. exactly there are really lovely things in the dumdydum.com shop, folks. Right? It's not all about just like mugs and uh and, and the odd t-shirt. There are other great bits of apparel too, whether it's a dog bandana or just a whole load of smorgasbord things. You even like little baby grows that say dumdy diddler, you know. Just- oh, we've got to get one for Harriet's baby. Oh, crumbs, yes. Oh, did you see the pictures of him? He's come home. Oh, I know he's come home. I know, I know, I know. I haven't seen the... Why, is a sheep, what, on Twitter? Uh, no, that would have been Instagram, I think. Oh, OK. Yeah, but little Rex is home, folks. Yay! Yay. Vivat Rex! Yes, Hooray. exactly. So, anyway, go on to dumdydum.com. Have a perusal of our wares. It's one way which you can help to support us and this podcast and keep everything going. Now, Lucy, since we've been recording, I have put... Uh, the names of some people that have written us reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. So why don't you just 
quickly rattle through those names. Uh, and as you're keen yourself on trying to find your place on the script, I will say this, folks. Um, Yes, we do ask for money on occasion. We do ask for you to go, potentially to go on to dungeon.com, go on to shop and do contribute by uh, writing, oh, by writing, by uh, buying some stuff. But there is another way which you can contribute. You can go on to Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and write us a review because it's really important because it means that more people get exposed to the wonderful world of Dum Dum when you do that. So we'd like to thank the following for their reviews. Regular listener 52 and 1066, Wee Janie, Kay Schrode, Carly Early, Inner Reality, Crochet Miriam, Leguleus, and B12 Simon. Oh, what did B12 Simon say? I know him. Well, I don't know him, but I talked uh, to him. To right, let's go and have a quick look, shall we? B12 Simon said... I hope it was nice, otherwise you'll have to edit this bit out. This is a bag of shite. No, 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 no. And by the way, B12 Simon, we do know that you sent us in a message... Uh, recently, and we're going to play it when we talk about Right You Ask. Um, Dum De Dum is an absolute hoop. Lucy Royfield and others take Britain's favourite docu-soap and affectionately tear it to pieces. All Archers fans should listen. <laughs> fans of Double Entendre should listen to Just Listen, OK? Thank you, Beatles Simon. That's what he said. And nice. Yes. And that easy in Balsall Heath, not Mosley, because he pulled me, took me to task about that. Uh, so good old Brummy Simon. Now, why don't you do the bit in red? Oh, no. Uh, well, I'll, before we do the bit in red, I will say patreon.com, folks, is where you can go and get extra dum dum content. Now, I am putting together a show about um, the mapping of Ambridge. Um, so I spoke to Kerry Davis last week, and he talked about conceptually um, how the map of, of Ambridge has came about and how that is then translated into the scripts. And he makes one really valid point, which I hadn't thought about it. Um, he said, quite simply, the map of Ambridge is really important because say if I want to write a scene and I want to say that such and such looks out of their bedroom or living room, I've got to know what potentially they could see. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and I had not thought about such a very obvious thing. So like he absolutely does understand and knows the map and has a mental map of Ambridge. So, yeah. so listen to that interview. It should be with you. I'm going to say next week because I'm about to jump on a plane to go back home to California tomorrow. So listen to that. That should be with you next week. Um, and if you would like to listen to that, of course, you go to patreon.com. It's approximately $2 per show. Don't worry about trying to convert it and whatever. You just sign up and it will extract whatever the exchange rate says uh, from your British pounds is into is into dollars at that moment. Because, yes, people have... We, com- get, we get paid in Manx dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find that the Isle of Man is in the Eurozone. Oh, not the Eurozone, the Sterling Zone, sorry. So it's pounds, Lucy, it's pounds. But yes, so patreon.com, we get extra content. Now, you do the bit in red, I'll do the bit in black. I'll say Facebook, you'll say mirror headlines, and we'll say goodbye. I haven't got any mirror headlines. All right, do the bit in red then. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203 to leave a message. You can find myself, Royfield, and Lucy. Well, okay. Uh, we need to change this. You can find Yokel Bear being really funny with great gifts and memes <laughs> at Dum Dum. Right. There's no way Lucy and I can take credit for uh, Yokel Bear's sterling work on that. 
Yes, highlight and delete. If you go, uh, if you go onto Twitter and it's at Dum Dum, it is Yokel Bear, right, folks? And he needs all the plaudits um, coming his way for that because he does an yeah. amazing job, especially doing doing the tweet alongs and stuff. The man is an utter genius. So we thank you, Yokel Bear. Um, Lucy can be found. Oh, if you want to follow somebody on on Twitter who's forever eavesdropping on other people's conversations. All right, if you wanted to vicariously go to Amsterdam with Lucy and her family, <laughs> just follow her on Twitter. Where you can find her where she's at Lucy V Freeman. Now, if you want... That was quite funny, actually. I was tweeting something and um, Simon was sitting on the opposite side of... We were on like a four because our flight was cancelled mm-hmm. so we had to go to Brussels and then get the train back um, when we were supposed to be flying back from Amsterdam. And Simon was sitting opposite me and he was giggling. And I said, what are you laughing at? And he was just going, nothing, nothing. I said, no, tell me what you're laughing at. And he said, I'm reading your Twitter feed and kind of knocked <laughs> at this uh, sort of under his, under his um, sort of uh, eyelashes at this, at the couple on the thing <laughs> at the table next to me. And I was thinking, oh God, I hope they're not. <laughs> what happens if they're, if they come across that tweet? Anyway, never mind. They, they kept doing it. I, so I, I did laugh at the tweet with the woman with the fur coat and you, you and the other woman that were about to... <laughs> <laughs> well done. It was, uh, and the fact that it was a cotton bud as yeah. well <laughs> the most single most unglamorous mm. yucky object i apologize for my dog barking by the way there is a fox parading up and down the fence outside the studio and the dog and the cat are both staring at it in a sort of a we ought to be brave and do something about this way so the cat's just kind of swishing her tail around and the dog's giving very gentle little woofs like i'm a bit scared <laughs> but also cross <laughs> So I'm just going to stay here behind the glass and woof at it. Mm. Well, so there, there, there you go, folks. Yet another insight into the world of Lucy V. Freeman. All right, you've got a whole pet menagerie there. You had the scene painted <laughs> for you beautifully with some random wild uh, fox, uh, you know, on the fence. You'll get none of that if you follow me on Twitter. What you'll get is the odd <laughs> map. Uh, some badly uh, written out <laughs> sentence. It doesn't quite make sense. Well, you kind of know what I'm talking about, but I've missed the mark. And Lucy's laughing very knowingly there, which is really disconcerting. Right. So um, if you just want to follow me because I'm dumb to dumb, but don't actually look at my tweets, probably quite wise. Probably wise. I used to be good at Twitter. I'm not anymore. But I can be found at Royfield. And then, of course, there's Naked Fingers. You can find him quite simply at Naked Fingers. Now, Facebook. Now, on Facebook, there are loads of people and they do Facebooky type things. And one of the Facebooky type things that they do is they follow Dumpty Dum. So why don't you join them? Because that's what you can do. So go out of Facebook, type in Dumpty Dum and Millie Bell. Uh, Witherspoon and Yokel Bear. And what Witherspoon does every Saturday, I think I'll mention this once or twice, is he does a non-Archers dum dum related post. And that gets um, a whole load of feedback. So I don't know what it says about their other content that they do, but people just go, by Saturday, so, Phew, you know, there's no Archers. So let's talk about something else. So go on to dum dum Go onto Facebook, type in Dumpty Dum, and you can go and join in with that smorgasbord of fun. And don't forget, folks, we've got shops. Go to dumdum.com. We're on the shop. Right now, Lucy, you've got no headlines. So um, as the British political system edges towards a realisation that March 29th is a <sighs> random 
arbitrary date and the country's in no fit state to Brexit, I think we should exit. I think you're right.